Hey everyone, today I want to share with you a really cool piece of nanotech that was published on about late 2018, early 2019. And it's about atomic scale capillaries made using graphene. And I'll explain what all of that means during this episode. So the centerpiece of this nanotechnological innovation is graphene. So I guess I should start by explaining what graphene is. So it's a type of material that's been getting a lot of publicity in the past uh, 10 years or so. So graphene is what's known as a two-dimensional material that's purely made out of carbon. And it's called two-dimensional because it has a thickness of only one atom or a few atoms. Uh, a monolayer, so one layer, is only one carbon atom thick. So two-dimensional as in flat, we're talking about a thickness of one atom. This material is literally the flattest that any uh, solid could be. There's nothing that could be flatter than uh, two-dimensional materials like graphene. Uh, so there's this group at the University of Manchester that's primarily focused on research and development of graphene called the National Graphene Institute. So it's a whole group dedicated to just graphene development. And this group has been, of course, working on research and development of graphene for a lot of known, really known applications, like using this high mechanical strength um, to make really strong materials, lightweight strong materials, or using its really high electrical conductivity to make flexible circuits. These are really popular, well-known applications of graphene, but they decided to also apply graphene to another application, which is the desalination of water, or in other words, the process of turning salt water into fresh water. So graphene is the centerpiece of this new innovation, and the way the researchers are using this graphene is through a process which they call atomic scale Lego. And yes, that's Lego as in the building blocks. So they're able to stack graphene with other nanomaterials with very ultra high precision, such that they can build nanoscale structures, 3D structures, that are very, very, very tiny. We're talking, we're talking about the nanoscale, so we're talking 1,000 times, well, 1,000, maybe even 10,000 times thinner than the width of a human hair. So they're, they're able to construct fluidic channels, like tunnels or pipes, through which fluid can flow through. They were able to construct fluidic channels at the nanoscale. And these channels are so tiny that the opening is only one atom thick. That means if a carbon atom were to pass through a fluidic channel, they'd be touching both the bottom and the top of this channel at the same time. That's how thin these channels are. Um, and so the way this technology is being used is that the opening is large enough to allow water molecules to pass through, but it is too small for larger atoms and molecules like sodium and chloride ions to pass through. While sodium and chloride are the main components of, of course, sodium chloride, table salt. That means that if you were to try to pump seawater through this atomic scale channel, through one side, you would get fresh water out on the other side, 
because the channel would allow water molecules to pass through, but the sodium and chloride ions would all get blocked because they're not able to fit. So it's actually a very, very simple concept, but of course it's amazing that they're able to develop this technology in the first place with, uh, with such precision at such a small scale. And so of course the idea is that if you could put this type of, of channels in a, a membrane, so a filter, then you could find, you could potentially have a lower, lower energy uh, solution to turning salt water into fresh water. So although, although, although this process known as desalination is actually done, uh, it's already being used today, it requires an incredible amount of energy, an immense amount of energy using our current membrane technology. And that's actually a limiting factor for desalination. It requires so much energy that desalination currently only accounts for a very small percentage of the fresh water, fresh water that we use today. But these atomic scale channels, if developed and incorporated into a new type of membrane, could offer a low energy solution to filtering salt from water. Now, of course, this technology has only been demonstrated in the lab. It's going to take uh, Actually, it has not even been demonstrated yet. The ability to build the nanoscale channels has been demonstrated. It's going to take a really long time to demonstrate that you could uh, filter salt water through these channels and that and trying to incorporate these channels into a membrane uh, will probably take years and years of development. Um, aside from that, there, there are some other challenges in which we're not necessarily mentioned in the article, but uh, things that I kind of thought about and things I kind of know from my own experience that I want to talk about as well. Uh, for one, the cross-sectional area of these channels is really tiny. As I mentioned, these channels are only uh, one atom thick. And this is good. This is how the technology works. It's able to filter out sodium and chloride ions just off of the size of the opening alone. The drawback from that is that these channels can also clog very easily. You can imagine that the smaller an opening is, the easier it is to block when something bigger gets in the way. And so this channel could um, potentially get clogged by ions or molecules that are bigger than water. Not, not just salt ions, but not to mention uh, larger molecules, protein molecules in the water, anything like that could potentially clog these channels. This is an undesired effect, of course, because if the channels are blocked or clogged, then the water molecules will not be able to pass through, um, which means the technology won't function as desired which, because it needs to filter water. If water needs to go through the filter in order to actually work. Um, well, of course, there's a lot of development that's ahead that needs to be done. And what they'll probably do is to do what's usually done with filter technology, which is to use multiple membranes in order to filter their salt from the water. So you can imagine there's be a, there would be like a really coarse membrane that filters out leaves and sticks and other and plastic and other junk from the um, from the fresh water from the ocean water coming in. If you imagine pumping salt water into a pipe to filter the salt from it, the first membrane will probably get the sticks and the leaves and the plastic out. The next membrane could get uh, a lot of the smaller stuff like. Uh, like sand and other particulates. 
uh, another membrane would probably get out bacteria and uh, and proteins and other large macromolecules and you and then maybe a couple maybe one or two other membranes after that for good measure and then you would have this graphene inspired membrane that is finally able to filter out the salt and the other ions that would give you your uh, fresh water. That's at least how I imagine it. Um, it sounds like a lot, but that's typically what's done in every, or almost every uh, desalination plant today. There's multiple filter membranes. Um, you can't just use, using one membrane for everything has its own issue, such as the clogging issue, which I just mentioned. Uh, if you try to stick just raw ocean water into a nanoscale membrane, it's gonna get clogged really easily because you're trying to fit a leaf through something that's the size that's like smaller than the width of a hair. It's not gonna work, and so there's gonna be multiple membranes in series to help this technology work once it once it actually gets fully developed. That's my guess anyway. So that could essentially help the clogging problem. Um, there's probably still gonna be some clogging issues, and I'm, I'm sure there's gonna be many years of research and development and experiments to help improve that process as much as possible. Um, Honestly, the current technology is very, very wasteful in terms of energy, which is why it's not used that much. It's not even talked about uh, too much. And so I think any particular avenue to get a better technology, a more efficient technology to help our water sustainability and security problem is worth pursuing. And so I'm really, really excited to see that people were able to use, researchers were able to use graphene and other nanomaterials to potentially have a solution for this. That makes me really excited. So it'll be interesting to see how they address this, uh, this issue and how they decide to m move forward and develop this at the University of Manchester in the future. And that's it. That is the atomic scale capillaries. That was an article that was published around the beginning of 2019 this year mid-January and it's really fascinating stuff I'm looking forward to hearing about what they how they decide to move forward and it was really I read this article actually a few months ago and I have it saved on my LinkedIn profile so I revisited it to talk about it here and also to remind myself of what's being done so it's it's all fun stuff but anyway uh, I hope you learned something if you didn't then at least I will have this recorded so I can come back to it later and see how this technology, and remind myself of this technology to see how it develops in the future. Uh, with that, that is my first nanotech episode, and eh, it went okay. It'll get better, hopefully, as I get more used to it. But, yeah, I've, it was uh, pretty fun. I think I'm going to enjoy this. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.